Before we start, welcome to Tales for Wales, a inaccurate Welsh history lesson and your little ray of sunshine on a Sunday morn. Uh, I'm Jack, I'm joined by Franks, as always, my friend of 20 years now, is it? Oh, Maybe yes. even more? Maybe Time even just more. keeps ticking along, doesn't yeah, it? The relentless march. They'll, mm. they'll probably do a yeah. hip ed history podcast about us one day. <laughs> <laughs> Soon we'll be history. Yeah. Mm. Fucking wish, mate. Life's just relentless. <laughs> <laughs> just never stops. Mate, on, the, on bloody, when was it, Monday? No, Sunday. I wish I was fucking history. I wish I was in the fucking ground on Sunday. I had such a fucking Is horrendous poison. We were meant to do a pod on Sunday, weren't we? Oh, yes, and that went, that was one of the first things to fall at the wayside, <laughs> along with just yeah. my general happiness. Well, we haven't done a pod in a while, actually, because we, we banked up a yeah, few. Yeah, I've been looking forward to today. Yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, but we're still, we're still off the booze. Oh, we're not, we haven't given up, we're not fucking cowards, but um, I'm <laughs> taking a couple of weeks just to get back in back in shape, uh, you know, get back, uh, yeah, well, back fighting for My last um, hurrah, if you like, was on Saturday. I went up to Wingfest in Bristol. Oh, the yeah. annual pilgrimage yeah. and uh yeah that's why i was so fucking wrecked and poisoned on on sunday because i just way too much beer yeah and i went to go watch just the all day long and uh i went to go watch the streets down cardiff bay and i got hammered as well so but we did say we had such a fucking heavy summer of doing the pod which makes us drink quite a bit and going out with people mm. so we decided to have a few lunchtime records so a bit more highbrow and we did we found out doing a lunchtime record it's so much easier to edit because we haven't fucked up our notes and got it all so Jesus, wrong yeah <laughs> we said that the other day didn't we? it's like when we when we do them drunk although yeah. they're great fun don't get me wrong the edit we, we just yeah. go on so many stupid fucking riffs and things <laughs> yeah. like that and you got you're listening for about 20 minutes and you go i gotta cut all that now <laughs> that was just a complete that's a libel I <laughs> yeah i can't say that yeah. well that's just not on <laughs> <laughs> yeah disgusted with ourselves yeah how was wing fest i haven't spoke to you about it was it wingy it was quality yeah lots of wings lots of beer what more do you bloody want it was fucking scorcho though oh, so yeah. so hot yeah. and um you know me in the heat i'm i'm not really one for I, it i'm with you and, now um, mate. i used to be kind of like yeah. pro heat but now I'm like fucking. It's because we were so muggy. I'm doing this topless right now, and I'm fucking. I'm so, so hot and bothered. Mate, that's that's what it does me. I can the dry heat. I, I'm not great in it, but I can yeah. sort of push through. But when it's so muggy and like and humid, I was sodden with sweat, and it was just like I had to queue for ages. You can imagine my face at this point, right? When I was queuing up for a beer, and it's fairly deep, big queues. There's like four bars you can go to. I got there, and they went, "Oh, sorry, our card machine's down." And I was like, well, you know, who fucking carries cash these days sort of thing? I was like, fine, right, I'll go. I was like, next bar over. And he said the same thing. So I was, and I said, is it down all, all through, over the site sort of thing? And he went, no, 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 just go to the next, just go to the next one. They'll have it up and run. It's just ours. And I was thinking, it's not just yours, is it? Because I've already been through two. But anyway, fine. <laughs> I went to the third one. And then I went to, a, went to the third one. And I was about maybe three people before the bar. Yeah, and some guy was kicking off at the front. He turned around and went, "Oh, just so you all know, the card machine's broken." And I was so angry, I did like a real pathetic. I like, "You should put a sign up, put a sign up." <laughs> I, I gotta say, the only time you get irate is when no one's serving you beer. It's the only time yeah, you ever get pissed true. off with anything. <laughs> it was ridiculous. This country's gone well, to the look, dogs. I go, I go to Wingfest for two things: chicken wings <laughs> and beer. Don't take 50% of my fun away like that. That's just not on at all. So how did you drink? But, well, that was about halfway through the situa- the, the, the day. And mm. earlier, um, 
someone I went with, they'd, they'd won some like little spin the wheel competition or something. So they had like two free tokens to go get beers. Yeah. So she was like, oh, why don't you just take the tokens, go up, and we'll just like share what we've got left, you know, between yeah. us and, and whatever cups we got, then we'll fuck off. And I was like, all right, cool. That's, that's something at least. By the time I got to the um, the bar, they'd sorted out the card machine issue, right? Oh. But enter phase number two of, of hell <laughs> is um, they... Uh, <laughs> They charge you 50p per, like, plastic cup. It's, like, solid yeah. plastic, not the little shit ones, right? And then your idea is you're meant to come back with them um, and you don't get charged again. But I didn't have them with me because I was banking on the two freebies. Yeah. So, like, so they gave me, a, you know, an ungodly fucking sum they wanted from my from my purse. And <laughs> oh, I was like, they, they say nurses have it tough. I know, exactly. <laughs> but when he said that, I was just like, you have picked the wrong person, good sir. I have been... <laughs> Pass from pillar to post in this, in this fucking <laughs> All festival. you've had to do is queue up twice, and now you get a free Three thing. times. Three bloody times. Four, if you include me going back for the freebies. Anyway, guess who didn't... No one. I didn't have to pay that 50p for those fucking oh. those cups and tell you that. Well, well, well done. This is nearly as good as that anecdote you Just, said where you could keep drinking for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good one. Rage is, you know, um, relatable, isn't it? People get Rage is relate related. to frustration. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it, it is. It is. I'd say Jess on par with. And so I drank for three days straight. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you. So I queued for four queues. Oh, what travels you've yeah. taken? What, what journeys you've taken? <laughs> Call me the new Prince of Wales, for I have suffered more <laughs> than my kinsmen. Yeah. <laughs> Dost thou not recognise friend from foe? I've travelled so far, barkeep. Hath you no honour? Yeah. What, mate? You should have known. It's Bristol. You should have noticed my my accent, my exotic accent from an hour and a half away, and been uh, like, "This guy's travelled too far for this." I mean, I love when we do this pod, but it does make me want to always have a drink because I, I now yeah. want to be in a pub with you in Bristol uh, for your stag. Uh, on the second day, I think we lost each other because you were you went. I don't know where we were, but we kind of it split into two splinter groups. We went groups, to that burger it? place. That's my oh, last yeah, memory. Yeah. And you took, I think well, yeah, it was yeah, after yeah. that we, we split up because I don't remember anything really no. after that. And so. you guys went, we went to this one pub that has a, it's a Welsh pub in Bristol. Yeah, the Llandogger Trow. That sounds right up my alley. If oh, it's I great, had man. any sort of um, mental capacity at that point, uh, definitely. It's, it's one of the pubs that we absolutely love. Um, I think mm. Llandogger is a, a, tra- is a type of boat. And it's like a, it's a proper like um, jack of beard. You know those like, where it's like white built brick with like a black beams. It looks quite Shakespearean. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it's that. one of those. And it's all crooked on the inside, mate. It's a fucking stunner of a pub. And the rugby was on. And even I'm not a big rugby head. It was good to watch rugby in there. Um, and I was thinking, mm. me and you, we should do that tomorrow. Let's fucking sack off all Let's it. just and do it, yeah. Me and Jack are in cahoots. Let's run about, away together. <laughs> well, yeah. we're in cahoots, but maybe don't tell anyone. But sacking work right off and uh, going to the cinema. <laughs> But, but now, it's, now I think it should just go pub. Which Couple I said we were going to do. We? Yeah, we'll see. This might not make. I don't mind. Cause... I'll go to the pub if, I, if if you know if I have to twist my arm. <laughs> so long as the card machine's working, mate, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started on today's subject, shall I do uh, another little review that yes, we've please. got from one of our lovely listeners? So this one is a very heartwarming one. It's very kind and just lovely, lovely all round. Um, this is from someone called Del Wiener, which I believe actually is jogging my memory is someone who donated to the pod as well. So absolute double bubble from Del Wiener, oh, dollar dollar, and a lovely review. Cheers, Del. Well, do you want to explain what the donation thing is? 
Oh yeah, so for those who don't know, we've got like a little donation page linked in the episode description and on our pod description in general, I think, on RSS. Um, and yeah, if anyone fancies sort of helping us out with like subscription costs or just giving us a couple of tins or whatever, then it's, yeah, we're, yeah, we've no, had quite no, a few um, obligation, but yeah, we've had a few recently, and we're, really and we're very, very thankful. Yeah, we were surprised really, and um, it definitely helps us be able to pay for the cost of this and to you know get. Well, actually, we're we're, tra- we're laying off the cans for the time being, but we're gonna yeah, it, we, it helps us put money back into the pod to do better things for it and you know reach new people through adverts and stuff. But yeah, so everyone who's donated, massive thank you, Dilchavard. Anyway, back to the... Yeah, oh, 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 also, uh, while we're on the subject of donations, we also need to thank an Ian Gardiner as well, who gave us a couple of dollar dollar. So, oh, cheers, nice. Ian. You're a legend, mate. He said, Yechida, boys. Doing dilly ar rando ar a pod led yad dioch, which is Welsh for... Uh, uh, fuck you. I hate, I hate the pod. <laughs> I'll pay you to shut <laughs> yeah, up. You guys suck. <laughs> no, um, don't say it again in English. Good I health. You. Yeah, in English, it means good health, boys. Uh, I love listening to the pod. Thanks. So yeah, short and sweet, well, but yeah, cheers, Ian. Cheers, Yuck. mate. Hey, back to Dell's um, review as well. So Dell Wiener said, another US fan, five stars. Hope you guys don't mind hearing from another American listener. I'm nowhere near as cool as Mr. Jones from the South. Just a 65-year-old ex-librarian from St. Louis who loves all things Welsh and is trying to dusky Cymraeg. Each morning I read a few pages of A History of Wales by John Davis and then to cleanse my palate and give my poor old brain a rest, I've started lis- listening to you. <laughs> Lots of great, interesting information delivered in a funny, easygoing style. Doing Dully Arapod, Diolch Galon, which is Welsh for I love the pod. Thanks very much. Such an amazingly nice message and so cool that we got a 65-year-old librarian uh, amongst our loyal army but it's so funny that it says oh i i, I read the, the proper stuff <laughs> and to unwind yeah. i listen to you idiots <laughs> yeah <laughs> to get rid of the historical fact i like to listen to you guys fucking ramble yeah. two ends of the spectrum there but no that's amazing so that's someone from the the great united states uh who famously have their own laws and amendments which leads us nicely on <laughs> To our, our finish it out. <laughs> to, to our today's topic, the laws of how all that. Um, the way what a seamless transition that was. <laughs> so smooth. Um, I gotta start off with. I've mentioned this before, but um, if you Google, uh, actually, I'd like just to make this the um, the pod art for this week. By the way. Mm. It's um, a photo of Howell there with a cup in his hand with the world's most fucking sausage fingers, an absolute long boy. Um, and it looks like it's exactly how when you remember in like year two, you used to draw faces on a tea towel and then you'd like get that as like a. Oh, a, yeah. You know, those kind of things where every year you draw it and your all the ratio would be off. You'd have like a John Merrick elephant man style head and a tiny body. <laughs> Whoever drew this, it looks exactly like a tea towel drawing. And it, is it the one sorry. from um, uh, Wikipedia, like the first one that comes up? Uh, let's have a look. On like a little, he's sat on like a yeah, little. Yeah, he's, like he's got a and shit he's, chair. Yeah, huge. <laughs> so, he's got like salad fingers. Yeah. yeah. How bad is that? It's so. <laughs> it, I've seen some medieval artists really good. There was definitely oh, artists back then. I know. You know what I mean? So why, why have he gone? I'll have this commissioned by who? I don't know. My fucking. <laughs> my nephew. My nephew, my <laughs> nep's nephew. He's got like a ball chin as well. He's got like a little bristly ball chin. Um, <laughs> it's so, not flattering, although well. No. Uh, but I'm going to 
be leading the charge today with uh, discussing Hawabar's laws. So we're not really going to go into much about Hawabar, but I'll give you a quick little background on him now. So Hawabar, however good, ruled Wales in the early 900s. He was one of the few Welsh kings to control the entire country. He maintained peace with Wessex to the point that they were minting coins in the English city of Chester, which had Hawabar's face on it. Um, his laws were codifications and a consolidation of the common law in Wales at the time. So that means he didn't create all these laws necessarily, but he was the first person to write them down. Um, yeah, and he propound- big deal. Big deal back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because before that, it was all kind of hearsay, and you know, uh, it was just the lawyers would know it, but it wouldn't be written down, so it makes it a bit more deceitful. It could be up mm. for uh, manipulation and stuff, um, and. He provided the foundation of Welsh law up until the Norman Conquest, where many of the uh, the laws were abrogated by Edward I, which means they were overruled. So until like 1282, um, from like the 900s, he had these laws written down for 300 years. And even post-Edward I, people would still uh, opt to have some things in Welsh law where they were allowed to up until the unification under Henry VIII. Um, there's a surviving manuscript from the 13th century in the National Library of Wales, um, and it's a pocketbook, so it's designed for lawyers to carry around uh, rather than to sit on a shelf in a library. So these lawyers would kind of travel from town to town, um, uh, passing down the laws and, you know, being a travel travelling kind of... They wouldn't go to the courthouse, the court would come to you, and you'd travel through these villages and settle in uh, disputes. Clever and little bastards. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and Howell is highly esteemed among other medieval Welsh rulers. His name is particularly linked with the codification of traditional Welsh law, which he said, um, and he's they're, they're, these are called the laws of Howell there. And the later part of his name, which we mentioned before, there, that means good, and it refers to the fact that most of his laws were quite just and good. This is historian David Jenkins, who describes him as being more compassionate rather than punishment, with plenty of common sense and recognition for the rights of women. However, he was really well educated, even by today's standards. He had a good knowledge of Welsh, Latin and English. Um, and his influence is still seen today because the office buildings and the original home of the Senate is named T. Howell, which means Howell's house, um, in honour mm. of Howell there. And the original assembly chamber, uh, now known as Shambad Howell, Howell's chamber, um, is used for educational courses for children and young people's debates. And furthermore, the local health board of South West Wales, covering an area roughly corresponding to the kingdoms of David and Sil Sushlig, is that how you say it? Say Sushlig? Say Sushlig, is it? Yeah, something yeah. like that, isn't it? It's, a, it's, one of the, it's a difficult one, even in Welsh, to pronounce even know it, isn't it? Because it's. Yeah, yeah. Say I think that's um, right. So, where the local health board covers, that's where King Howell uh, uh, ruled. So, um, that, yeah, that's the end of that sentence. <laughs> that's, that's an absolute list of accolades. Yeah, so I just thought I'd throw a bit of background into him. You know, he's a king from the 900s, and we he's still massively influential in terms of Welsh culture today. Uh, I'm going to talk through quickly some of the terminology that I'm going to use, just as a bit of a help forward at the start, um, and to make things not too confusing. Uh, it's going to be very confusing, and uh, no, I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. I think I've kind of I boom I picked through some of the more interesting bits, and I I talk about this in a second, but I picked three specific areas to cover. Um, but first, um, they're going to hear the word galanas, which means blood money. Galanas. Um, so that's G A L A N A S. My shit is galanas. Okay, Sarhad which is like a fine for causing insult, disgrace, injury, or affront. Um, and then there are also 
I'm going to talk about the five classes that were defined in the Welsh law. So there were the rulers, which included the king or Brenin over the kingdom uh, or the lords over their fiefs. Then below that you had the free Welsh, including both the pedigreed aristocracy, which are Bonathigon, 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 sorry, Bonathigon. Yeah, they're like, down. Um, yeah, are they like, like peers or something, is it? It's like yeah, peers? I think it's like it's a higher, but it's like the it's the kind of aristocracy of, and then yeah. next to them the other free Welsh one were the yeoman uh, who were the lower class of, but they were still free Welsh people mm-hmm. and then below that you have the Welsh serfs or ashtion or blenediad or teigion which are three separate words which basically mean peasants um, yeah. and then below them you got foreigners bloody foreigners <laughs> so even back then they were, people were xenophobic <laughs> uh, ashtion they were called and then last and sadly uh, least is the poor old slaves, so Caithion or Caithwas. So there, that, that's the four, four you have. Those are the very top, being the kings and the rulers, then the free Welsh, then the Welsh serves, then the foreigners, then the slaves. All right. Um, and the privileges, penalties and obligations due by law varied by social status. So there's a reason they was broken down into five places. So uh, there'd be different punishments depending on where you were in society. Um, yeah. And then who these laws applied to, these laws only applied to the Cymru. So Cymru spelt with two Ys, meaning the people of Wales, rather than Wales itself, which is spelt with a U at the end. Um, a good way to remember if we're talking about the country, the people, is Cymru, has, when it has two Ys in it, it looks like two legs walking. So you know that's talking about people. And Cymru with a U at the end <laughs> means the place. Is that, I remember that. Is that what you've been taught or is that something you <laughs> No, it up? was. It was. I was taught that in school when I was when I still remember. When I saw it written down like that, I thought, oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, so, yeah, these laws only apply to people of, the people of Wales, Cymru, um, rather than uh, the slaves or the serfs or the um, foreigners. And it also didn't matter where in Wales you were. So if you moved between Welsh kingdoms, you were still considered a fully native if you were born and bred anywhere in Wales. And so you moved from the Haybarth to um, kind of, you know, from one Welsh kingdom to another, you're Welsh. They, mm. they didn't, these didn't um, diversify depending on They weren't sort of were. kingdom specific then. That's no. good, yeah. Um, from those outside of Wales who were considered between serfs and slaves, they were forbidden to offer testimony and were obliged to pledge themselves to a native Welshman, even if that Welshman was a serf. So they'd be below the serfs but above the slaves. Um, and those people who they were pledged themselves to would be responsible for them. Um, this status could only be removed after three generations in the north and as much as nine generations in the south. Um, after that, they were considered uh, to be native. Oh, but yeah. Well, how come so much more in the south than in the north? Does uh, I think maybe because you must have a lot more trade in the south, and there's probably oh, a lot right, more okay. moving around. So you probably had a lot more natives, uh, a lot more uh, foreigners coming in and going. Um, and ah, uh, I got you. So yeah, and and they said it as much as nine. So it might have been less in some areas, but mm. uh, yeah, so it could take nine generations for you to be considered Welsh and have these laws Was protect it, um, you. A measure to keep Wales Welsh. I oh, just want Wales to be about the Welsh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should help our own before we help them foreigners, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so we've had Daily Mail readers since the dawn of time. <laughs> yeah, they've always um, been here. Uh, so what I'm going to cover though, because this took quite a lot of research and I don't want to get it wrong, uh, so I'm just focused on the three main areas, that being the laws of women, criminal law and compensation. 
Um, and I'm, I might get to the others if we could be asked. I don't know the <laughs> yeah. But it was things like land law, um, inheritance, which is super important because like, the inheritance laws of Wales are sometimes attributed to our lack of unity because all children of the king were given inheritance and land, even bastards, which meant a lot mm. of infighting and a lot of land distributed. So they would have so many times where in England you'd have one heir who had it all and it's much easier for him to keep power where in Wales you had this distributed amongst a whole bunch of you and then that's when infighting comes. I imagine that's a um, sort of evolution of that thing from um, Celtic times, you know, like Kovran where it's like the same thing where it doesn't matter if they're legitimate in inverted commas, um, heirs or whatever, all your land and titles and riches and all that got split equally between all yeah. your kids, male, yeah. female, whatever, back in Celtic times. I imagine these are just for male, is it? Yeah, this, this is just for time? male, but it's, yeah, yeah. but like, right, so it started off with everyone, then as time goes on, it does get whittled down. Uh, when Wales loses its chance to do its own laws, we don't longer have, to, we, we didn't get to set the inheritance laws after that, but um, ah, right. Yeah, you're right. It probably does. Over time, they probably would have come to the realization that actually this is kind of making things a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, but I'll start with the laws of women. Um, now, I won't say that women had it good back under laws of how there because, I mean, women still have it worse today, so I can't really imagine it being much better back <laughs> yeah. there. But in the position, uh, the position of women under Welsh law was significantly different and more balanced than that of Saxon or Norman English. For example, with marriage. Marriage could be established in two basic ways. There was the normal way, route one, the classic marriage, which is when uh, the woman's family would have given her hand to a man in marriage. Um, and it could have been out of love, and it could have been out of the woman's request, or it might have been more for financial reasons or the unity of families. Mm. Um, but there's also this second route, which is described as abnormal. Um, this is where the woman could elope, which means to run away secretly and get married without the consent of her kindred, which means her family. Um, and in this second abnormal way, her family could compel her to return if she was still an absolute virgin loser. But, um, <laughs> but, but if she was not, and she'd become a dirty shagger, then she could not be compelled to return, which gave the woman more autonomy. Um, not to say it probably didn't come with stigma and stress, whatever, but she was allowed to do that yeah. and they couldn't count retaliation. Um, and also for some added protection, if this eloped marriage lasted more than seven years, she then got the same entitlements she would have got had she not had she been given away by her kin. So she'd been allowed back into her, like having some inheritance from her family, having some you know uh, things she was entitled to before she was like. Oh, it's not all them. bad then if you're doing your shagger. Yeah, so if you're doing your shagger and you follow your heart, um, you if it, if the marriage lasts and it's true love, then uh, all is forgiven. And the big thing about Welsh law is retaliation is not meant to be accepted. These laws are meant to stop retaliation. So they have things written down for a reason. They're quite specific. So seven years being mm. a very specific time. Um, and I'll cover that when we get to the other crimes in a bit, but just something to mention. So then also I look at the payments involved because nothing like it says romance, like transactional value. But um, <laughs> yeah. we have a thing called uh, AMBOR uh, or commutation communi- uh, com- fee. Ugh. Uh, which was a fee payable to the woman's lord on the loss of her virginity, whether on marriage or otherwise. So I couldn't find a decent definition of lord. So I wasn't 100% sure who this was, but from what I gather, it applied mm. to the lower classes. So, um, okay. It, it, so if you were a serf of some yeah, baron yeah. or lord or whatever, you don't, you, and you, you shagged her and took her V plates, yeah. you owed him a 
that yeah. everything comes with a price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have Quish, which is a maiden fee, which was a payment due to the woman from her husband on the morning after the marriage, making her transition from virgin to married woman, which seems pretty cheap, chucking some pennies after your first night shagging. <laughs> so here you go, darling. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, you dirty trollop. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, then there's the dower, so dowry or agwethi, which was the amount of the shared property they now owned as a couple, which is due to the woman if the couple separated before the end of seven years. So this happened to if you were uh, given away by your kin or if you eloped. But after seven years, uh, if you were divorced, if you broke up from there, because I don't think divorces were complete, they weren't, you know, divorces weren't such a thing. So the the, the total of this agwethi, uh, this dowry, depended on the woman's status by birth, regardless of the actual size of the common pool of property you had together. So if the marriage okay. broke up after the end of seven years, the, entire, the woman was entitled to exactly half of the, the common pool. If you were to break up after seven years and they'd split everything, things like linen, dishes, uh, other domestic animal uh, items and animals, and even like trees in your garden that you owned, uh, these were known as argavrai, uh, and these were immediately accessible after the marriage to both parties. So if you were getting married, if you oh, right. say you've been together eight years, you decide it ain't working, everything you own together is now half yours. So half the fruit you get from this tree is now mine, half the fruit is now yours, all that stuff. And it was split. I don't, exactly I don't know why I thought when you were saying half of the tree, like someone goes, <laughs> right, I'm having the top half, <laughs> chop it down now. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's a bit confusing, but does that, does that make sense roughly? Yeah, yeah, I get it. So it's pretty, I mean, like you said, I imagine it wasn't great being a woman back then, but at least there was sort yeah. of some contingencies in place in it, that you're not just, if if it's not just all the, like the man gains everything. Yeah, if you're yeah, thrown so out. Because also it's often quite hard, but especially in the mid, uh, like Victorian times, if you would, you know, your husband didn't want to be with you anymore, they often just say you're insane and then try and get you locked up and, you know, you didn't have anywhere to <laughs> yeah. look after yourself. But here you had your own means, you had your own... Uh, I like the fact that linen was discussed. It's like, that's my piece of linen. Yeah. Like, God Again. damn you. Right then, cut it in half then. I'm yeah. having a You're right not half. getting your hands on my linen. <laughs> the <laughs> husband crying in court. Um, oh yeah, what so, if you like, but I look after the sheep all the time. I love Betsy and Wynn and all that. You can't have half of them. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to fucking shoot him. I'm going to shoot Betsy and my yeah, new husband's going to shag me on it. <laughs> um, so cheating, cheating's the next part. So if she was caught with her, uh, so if she caught her fella being a little rotter, getting his end away with Mavanoi from the the tavern, um, then <laughs> then uh, she was entitled to a payment of six score pence, i.e. half a pound, uh, for the first time. Then a full pound the second time. <laughs> I think she, the other person was getting the full pound. Oy, oy. And then if she caught him cheating a third time, then she would be entitled to divorce him. And I don't know if divorce is the actual correct word because I think divorce has a bit more of a religious bearing to it, which I don't think was completely established, mm. but you're allowed to separate from him. But so it's sort of separated in law, at least. In law, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then if the husband had a concubine, which is such a funny word, but it means like a... Mm. Uh, which is a woman who lives with a man but has a lower status than his wife. So uh, imagine yeah. like some of the free Welshman was uh, cheating on his free Welsh woman with a serf, so someone from a lower class mm. than him. Um, so that's what a concubine is. Then the wife was allowed to hit uh. her without having to pay any compensation, um, <laughs> even wow. if it resulted in the concubine's death, which seems tragically unfair. Like you're beating up Jesus, the, yeah. the woman who has isn't married and the cheating husband gets away with it. Um, yeah, and then he goes, oh, 
um, you, have you been shagging more concubines? Oh no, it was just another free Welsh woman. But anyway, it's a couple of quid because I'm only my first strike, so yeah. leave me be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now, when it came to the wives being hit. Um, they could only be beat for three things. One was giving away something which was not a title to give away. Now this one seems oddly specific, like Hoel's wife gave away his favourite tunic and he was fuming about it but couldn't legally do anything. <laughs> so it's like, right, don't I go love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I suppose if that ever happens again, I will kill you. Um, yeah. Just random, randomly now, you know, just yeah. a random example. And that was the first fucking one. wife gives away your favourite fucking tunic. <laughs> That's the first one written down. Um, uh, you're allowed to be struck if you were found with another man, and then the third one, your husband could strike you if you, if you, you were wishing a blemish on her husband's beard, which I assume means wishing the husband ill will or talking badly behind him. So wishing a blemish Presumably on her husband's beard. It's not beard. literal. Yeah, I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a bit of a bald patch just <laughs> below your chin. You are. <laughs> um, so if he beat her for any other cause, she was entitled to the payment of sarhat, which is um, a fine for causing an affront or um, pain or injury. But now, if he found her cheating and he hit her, he was no longer allowed any further compensation. So, if she was cheating, um, he was mm. he then couldn't also get any compensation in in like money terms from either party. So it was either I get to hit you or I get some money from this. So that uh, okay. that was um, Howell's like thing of not having retribution and retaliation. If you make payment, then that's the end of it. You can't do any more. Or if you hit them, you know right, it ends pretty, after that. I mean, I don't have a single clue about what. Norman or Saxon law or whatever at the time was, but um, I imagine they they weren't as well. Yeah, absolutely, I they weren't. That they weren't no, as good women for were women. property. Women were much more considered property. Mm. Uh, but also, it's different because in Welsh culture, women fought by their men quite a lot. You know, so they'd be the equivalent of shield maidens. So they weren't seen. It's quite interesting, in yeah. Like that, you see the sort of the the line, if you like, from because in Celtic culture as well, same thing. It's like a woman wasn't considered any less or whatever. No. If she was. If she was a good fighter, you'd give her as much respect as you would a man kind of thing. Exactly, It's, it's yeah. interesting to see the kind of lines following, you know? Yeah, so that kind of stays... Because it stays in the collective consciousness, you know, because you tell stories about your grandma mm. and your grandfather. You know, you, you just have these tales, not just from one side of the family, who fought mm. in great battles. Um, and I wasn't going to stray into inheritance law, so please forgive me for a moment whilst I stray to this field. But um, according <laughs> to the law, women were not allowed to inherit land. However, there were exceptions... Even at an early date, so this is a poem dated for the first half of the 11th century. Um, so women weren't allowed to inherit land, but they could inherit items. So like I said earlier, if you were to elope and your marriage lasted seven years, you'd then be allowed inheritance from your family, but it wouldn't be in the form mm-hmm. of land. But there were exceptions. So this um, poet, uh, uh, an elgi, so, so let me get this right. There's a poem dated from the first half of the 11th century, so that's in the 10 hundreds, mm-hmm. for a landowner from Anglesey. And the poet says that after his death, his estate was inherited by four women who had originally brought to Aidan's court. So that's the, the landowner, Aidan. Mm. Uh, they were brought to him as captives after a raise, but he found favour with them. And he ended up really liking them as like his daughters. So the rule in, in this poem, they talk about um, the rule of division of movable property. So that like things you can walk, you know, um, a cart, um, a chest, something you can move that's property of the people. Mm. So when one of the married couple died... Um, the property was cut into two halves, so half went to the wife, and then the other half went to the um, to these children. Um, it's up to the person to give it away. So you have two halves of your property. I can give one to you as my podcast wife, and then yeah. I can give <laughs> yeah. half uh, to whoever I wanted. And he chose women in this instance over his own family and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
So it wasn't completely uncommon that uh, women would do better in inheritance than men. No, no, I don't uh, mean so. Like yeah. in, in certain instances, maybe the uh, the the children would inherit. Uh, like if they were all women, for example, they'd get quite a good deal. If a father died and bequeathed his two daughters, like his all his property or half his property rather, then the wife gets half, and the two daughters are doing quite all right out of that situation. Perfect. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. 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 Perfect. Um, and then we got crime. So now we're into the juicy bit. Uh, first is murder. Murder, murder, murder. Oh no, I was doing two voices there. It's got murder, murder, murder. And murder. <laughs> the punishment for the crime okay. is murder. Crime for the crime is murder. Uh, yeah. So murder was regarded as an offence against the family rather than against society or the state. It was normally dealt with payment for the family of the deceased, with the amount dependent on the social status of the victim. So uh, this is the term galanas appears, which I mentioned earlier, which is uh, mm. the term to describe paying for blood, um, so blood money, which is also so another way of saying it's compensation from uh, the, for the victim's family. Um, so the galanas varies depending on status. For example, the galanas of the king of the Haybarth was set in an impossibly long line of impossibly perfect cattle to ensure that it could never be met. So it's to say, if you were to kill me, you would owe fifty thousand cows at the most fifty, all of the most pristine condition in the world. Um, hmm. But to say uh, for the family of a murdered slave, they received no galanas. So if if I was a slave and I got killed, my wife got no compensation, but the person who owned that slave would get compensation, which is incredibly unfair. Yeah, because uh, presumably the slave counts as property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the sum that owed could be modified in different situations. For example, if someone, if if you attack someone in an ambush, uh, that doubled the base fine. Um, and I assume that's because it was premeditated rather than a dust up. So, say if you had a fight in a tavern and you killed someone, you had yeah. a base fine you had to pay. But if it was premeditated, you waited for them, you ambushed them, then you had to double it because that was premeditated. Uh, um, right, I get you. So, and another reason for this blood money or galanas approach was so that once it had been paid, the victim's family then was legally bound to forego any retaliation or vengeance. Uh, in which, in Welsh, this is called dial, um, and that's the term they use in law. So you would no longer have any more dial. You couldn't get revenge because of uh, this. They uh, legally right, paid so you couldn't then this. go batter but, or kill no. someone who'd inflicted harm on someone a relative of yours and say, yeah. "Oh, well, I'm only doing it because of you know the insult to my family." If he's paid the gala, was it yeah. that? Galanas. Galanas. Yeah. yeah. Galanas. Yeah. If you paid the Galanas, then that's, that's, that's the sort of then it's done. Yeah. Uh, and then one last stipulation if someone had been murdered by poison, then that carried the death penalty. Um, no payment, you get killed for that. And I suppose that comes down to the lack of honour and the deceitfulness that poison brings. So. I was just about to say, because that's like a um, coward's weapon and a yeah. coward's tool, I guess. Yeah. So that there is uh, murder. Murder, 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 murder. Uh, but so that's where you get the blood money from. And then next we have assault. And uh, the uh, this was dealt with a similar fashion, but it only applied to the upper classes. Any serf who struck a free man was liable to have the offending limb removed. So say if I was a, a commoner and I, I punched you, I'd have my hand removed. Uh, wow. And then the crime of rape was treated as theft and remediated by payment of another fine, so a didru. Uh, payment mm. of which restored the woman's virginity for legal purposes. So... She wouldn't be. She'd still be classed a virgin if that payment was recovered. You can literally pay to have your V card back. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, <laughs> and a man who could not pay the fine would have his testicles removed, which is a uh... yep. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now, if you're a cheeky little tea leaf, or what, my governor, like a naughty little thief, if you're a little thief, uh, 
Uh, the first time you were caught, you were imprisoned. But if you were caught a third time and you were a serf, you'd get your hand chopped off. Um, although there's one stipulation. If you were caught in the act with goods in your hand more valuable than four cane yogai, which is four pennies, then you'd be liable for hanging, which is, seems wow. a bit obscure. That's um, a very like, small price. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, a penny back then was more than now. Yeah, yeah. That. So two two pence pieces, you're fucking yeah. for the gallows, mate. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you were a hungry bugger and you'd passed at least three towns and no one had offered you a bowl of gruel or a mug of warm cocoa, okay, you hadn't been given any food and you were caught robbing some mm. sausages or bacon or anything for that matter, you wouldn't be punished. Yeah. So it was society's duty to feed you, and if you weren't and you stole. And you could you could say that you've been through three towns, you wouldn't get any punishment. How could you uh, prove that in a court of law? Like, <laughs> yeah. going, what, why'd you steal these sausages? Yeah. I'm starving. Oh, I ain't had nothing to eat but bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you not too sure. You but could, you could have had a bowl full of gruel and just been a greedy bastard. Th- there was a concession of there was much more compassion in these laws. So and especially common land was much more of a thing. So there could be animals you could find and stuff. Whereas when the when the, uh, oh, yeah, the Normans, Normans took over. The, the, yeah, the king owns everything. Didn't everything, he? yeah. The deers in the land and in the woods and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So and also there was yeah. So there should have been enough food to feed people, and you shouldn't let anyone go hungry. Um, so to say that in a clearer way, yeah. If you were a starving little urchin, you wouldn't get in trouble because a girl's got to eat. So you know, yeah, it's true. Um, aiding and abetting. So if you uh, witnessed a killing and you failing to protect the victim or received certain property, you were also punished with a didru or a fine. So if you let people do what they, like, you didn't interject to help someone or if you didn't, like, report a killing, then you were fined. Um, ah, right. So, yeah, that's pretty good sort of promoting helping your, your neighbour or whatever. Yeah. And these were kind of laws that were ready, f- they reflected the sentiment and traditions of Wales already. So he, not to say he necessarily made them up, he just codified them. But one thing that yeah. he did bring to an end was the right to a noble. Uh, so he ended the, the noble's right to a trial by combat because he just found that unjust. So knights mm. were already better equipped and probably some of the best fighters than they could get away with a lot of their stuff by just demanding a trial by combat. So that ended yeah. in Wales and the whole that's law. That's good. Yeah. Because um, yeah, back in, uh, if I, my memory serves, the trial by combat, you wouldn't necessarily have to fight yourself in you could certain pick situations. Someone, would yeah. you? you could pick a champion for you. Like yeah. in Game of Thrones, yes, um, or rather, Game of Thrones is like in real life. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, but but yeah, so you could get like a real shit heart knight yes. and against like some little surf who's got like a rake <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh lord! Um, so I'm going for the last bit now. Is the claiming mm. compensation, which I think is the most fucking mental bit of all of it. Uh, uh, what's your what's your view on it all so far? Anyway, super interesting, man. I like I didn't know any about this. I know. Um, I've been looking forward to you doing Hoavar for a while in these laws because I know uh, you keep you keep protesting that you don't have. A <laughs> I do. I really do like them. But I, I am impressed yeah. by them. But what do you <laughs> like think? I said, about... This is your magnum opus. <laughs> what do you think about them in terms of their uh, modern uh, morality to them? And do you think they stand up they to more, today's um, law? They are more um, forgiving than I thought because you just assume when you think of medieval times that everything was so fucking hard and harsh yeah. and horrible. Uh, yeah, it's way more forgiving than I thought, and like like you said, it's got more of an air of let's not be overly cruel. You know, yeah. it's more about uh, look, pay the fine or whatever, and then that's that done. We don't want any yeah. more. We don't want um, violence for getting violence and all that. So yeah, it's quite interesting <laughs> that it's not as uh, you, you speak the common tongue. I, I hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so the last bit now uh, is probably where it gets a little bit more medieval. Um, hmm. So. Yeah, we're talking about the fine art of claiming compo, and by that I mean compensation. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, medieval Welsh law placed a high value on compensation for any breach of the law. In particular, high and detailed compensation values were given for each limb of the body. So there are nine limbs of equal value. That's the hands, the eyes, the lips, the feet, and the nose. So that's your two hands. (laughs) So all that makes the nine things. Two hands, two eyes, two lips, two feet, and one nose. Um, And and they they all equate to the same sort of value, you say. Yeah, Yeah, so they're all valued at 480 pennies. Um, each uh, Each other limb is carefully valued and can be altered depending on the various influence and factors. Uh, the value of these nine limbs represented 12% of the standard Galanas, a.k.a. the blood money, owned for the murder of a Bonhevig, a.k.a. a standard freeman, uh, whose Galanas is valued at 3,780 pennies, or 63 cows. So say if you killed someone, you'd owe them yeah. 378 pennies, or 63 cows, and what you couldn't pay, you'd make up for with your limbs. And you could there. Uh, so... Yeah, 480 is 12%. These have taken a turn now, haven't they? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it does seem like murder was permitted if you're rich, which that's kind of what fines are. They say that it's legal at a price, so you can afford to do something. Yeah, legal for the wealthy, yeah. Yeah, although 3,780 pennies uh, and 63 cows is a a huge sum, even back then. Um, I imagine, yeah, only the top top dogs would be able to afford that. Um, So these values are really, really straightforward, except for the ears. So where... If the ears were lost but the person could still hear, the price lies at 160 pennies, whilst deafness, even without the loss of an ear, retains at 480. So if you if they chopped off your ear but you could still hear, then that gets reduced to only 160 pennies. They want you to be deaf <laughs> to a... To so what a, they do? I'll just stick it, stick it in your ear a little bit. And they either the, cut off your, your ear eardrum. and pop your ear, punch your ears, you know, have a uh, hit you on the side of the head to burst your eardrums, or they, they slice off your ear and hope it gets infected and like that. But I, I just pretend to be deaf in one ear and play the smart game. What What's that, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy? Speak up. Um, yeah, there's no ear doctors back then, is it? The yeah. so, like, just go, bear, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, fingers <laughs> were valued at 80 pence each, uh, whilst, a, <laughs> whilst a thumb was valued at 180 pence, which corresponds to the use in gripping agricultural equipment of arms. So, like, uh, they were thumbs were more important because of how important they are to humanity. Um, yeah, I love that. Just oh, yeah, you're um, yeah, it's hundred and what is it, eighty p per finger? Finger, do you say? So yeah. Like oh, you're you're hundred and sixty p short. Yeah. Take my little pinkies, then. I don't need them <laughs> so much. Yeah, um, and then there's a thing called the Godworth uh, Covenant, uh, the uh, recessions, which are these manuscripts that contain these laws of Howell. Uh, in there, they say that, um, and that that's kind of this like. Um, mobile book you could take with you to learn more about it and to you know mm. lawyers would carry on them uh they valued a fingernail at 30 pence so if you didn't want to give your whole finger but you could get your fingernails ripped off uh, that's Oof. 30p whilst the top of a finger to the first knuckle is valued at 26 and two-third of a penny um god they really are going in, into <laughs> very detailed this isn't it? yeah just every single well, part what if i just want to give a knuck one little knuckle <laughs> right okay that's 26 so the price of the fingernails valued at uh, 0.8 of the galanas which interestingly mm. is the same as a thumbnail in the wessex tariff which also stands at 0.8 uh, of the Wergild value of the, for the man which Wergild is similar to the galanas Oh, right. So these are quite similar to what Alfred the Great had. So and and also it's also German, very old English words for Saxon word, and it means the compensation by by a, paid by a person committing an offence to the injured party, uh, or in the case of death to his family. So it was they had the same tariff of a fingernail in both counties, so in Wales and in oh, Wales. Right. 
Yeah, so some historians explain that these similarity percentages reflect the coexistence of two legal systems in Wales, where we'd also have the Welsh and English law. Um, but we also know that Howell and Alf the Great were really close, uh, with Howell learning a lot from old Alf. Um, and, you know, I think we discussed it before that he paid homage to Alfred the Great so that Alfred the Great would let him rule Wales and live in quite a lot of peace and harmony together. Um, another reason why Howell was so successful in Wales because he didn't have to fight the English all the time. Yeah, because um, he was mates with old Alfred yeah. and he got a lot of concessions that maybe later rulers wouldn't get because they yeah. were all odds all the time. And he did, like, sub- uh, uh, like you know, uh, acknowledge uh, Alfred as the ruler of all of Britain or, or something similar to those words so it's a bit mm. uh, subservient but it really benefited Wales and it made uh, Alfred uh, yeah, long term gain though wouldn't it yeah uh, so now back to this a sec uh, if someone was attacked really badly then they were to be given three pounds not pennies um, and these bad attacks are defined as uh, when a man is cut so that his brain can be seen I mean if, if your brain Ooh. can be seen you're fucked mate um, I don't think three quid's gonna really <laughs> make a, no, mate, a fucking difference keep to pennies, you. Then, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> when a man is pierced so his entrails can be seen, um, again, mate, three pound ain't gonna cut it. Um, yeah. Or when one of the four posts of the body are, are broken, so that's the, if the posts of your limbs, so your leg, your arms, you know, uh, if one of those four is broken, because that is like a death sentence back then, because you can't heal it properly. Um, yeah. That there is also three pounds. Um, and the body parts are classed for compensation based on how much they have used in society. So the higher the use, the higher the compensation cost. So okay, yeah. So imagine, like, yeah, that's why legs and hands legs and whatever. And, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so, sense. so for the loss of hearing, for example, as well as the loss of the tests or the penis, resulted in very high compensation because their loss of hearing can cause either danger, um, and the loss of the the old dickleberry will result in the inability, <laughs> the inability to continue lineage. So. Those are two of the most highly important um, in a kin-based society. Mm. So, uh, not being able to hear people made sure you know you couldn't really get a wife too easily. You'd uh, risk being attacked when you can't hear them. Um, and also, yeah, the imagine tongue... the um, sort of uh, deaf sub-community wasn't really a thing back then. No. With the, <laughs> yeah. um, sign language and stuff was it? It was just people yeah. shouting at you, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if you were to lose that, then you could expect to have a much higher rate of compensation from the attacker. Um, and then the tongue is also particularly high value um, because like the ear it formed a primary means of communication I mean can you imagine not having a tongue it would be really hard to entertain the masses and uh, and, and chat to <laughs> yeah. people back then we'd, we'd hard be... to enunciate without one yeah. yeah I mean we'd be our our job now is to educate the world on Welsh history we'd be fucked mate they'd need to compensate oh, yeah. big time um, oh yeah, I need and, at least three quid from my attacker yeah. for taking uh, my turn. <laughs> yeah. um, your fork tongue. And there were different grades of compensation depending on how badly someone was left disfigured. Um, so these went from a kreif ugavarch, uh, which means a conspicuous, scar, a conspicuous scar that was obvious and attracted remarks from others. So if other people were like, oh god, look at that boy's face, then you'd get bigger <laughs> compensation. Uh, again, yeah. like in Game of Thrones, when older... Um, Dinklage has his old face chopped in half. Um, yeah. Uh, to a Greith Gwyddiedig, uh, which is the scars that had minimal impact on the day-to-day life of the victim. So um, the three most conspicuous scars are given for on the face, which is six score pence, um, on the hand, which is 60 pence, on the foot, which is 30 pence, whilst a hidden scar is only given four pence. And the the Latin texts uh, make provision for a cloak. So, the, yeah, the, the translated text of this says... 
Uh, mm. They can make a provision for a cloak to cover facial disfigurement, um, and that front teeth were also recorded to have a much higher value. So, if you could cover your face, if you had to cover your face with a cloak because of how bad you looked, you'd get more compensation. And if your front oh, teeth right. uh, were att- affected, they were valued higher for more compensation than your back teeth. All oh, right. So it's yeah, that's interesting. That yeah, if you got a facial scar and people are like minging, yeah. then it's like you get a bit more dollar dollar for it. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of my whole uh, whistle stop tour. Um, that was good, mate. Listening. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, was very that all right? interesting? Yeah, it was great, man. I um, yeah, very interesting. I did. I didn't realise they quite calculated the worth of like a fingernail, but yeah. you know, fair play to them. They've yeah. obviously done their done their homework. It's a uh, pretty gross to think of some of the like having to get your fingernail pulled off at that time. Like no no uh, anaesthetic. Just some grubby pliers. Yeah, and like, then they're going, "Oh, look, um, I'm gonna get my my blood money from you now, um, and it's X amount. I don't want you to take the hands off. I want your lips. It's like, bro, don't take my lips. <laughs> yeah, the lips. <laughs> like, no one, no one looks good without their lips. You yeah, know? imagine that getting your fucking fucking. And you know, they just be some like minging like you. sheep shears or something I like know, that. Just yeah. going, come on then. Just chuck her up. Off a sheep's testicle about an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no thanks. So that's how we're. We might go back to the, some other stuff, uh, but I did think that was, the other stuff was a little bit drier. You know, it's it's more for other history podcasts to talk about the inheritance. We're here for the guts and the, yeah, the not ghoulies. The, not the cool history podcasts like <laughs> yeah, us. We're not like your other history parts. <laughs> we not like your nana's history podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I've kept you longer than we thought. So you might need to go back to work. That's all right, mate. I um, I've only had a couple of like outlook pop-ups come up and I, I wasn't quick enough to read them but i'm sure it's fine it'd <laughs> <laughs> be all right <laughs> well if you guys could keep least listen to us leave a review share it with your mates we'd be very very grateful um yes yes and thank you to everyone who's stuck with us so far already we were having a blinder this season season yeah. four yeah uh, last up. season was was great we're, we're on the up and up yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan, watch your back, mate. <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan, watch your back, you freak. <laughs> We're coming for you and your little <laughs> fingernails. Is this us um, starting a feud now, is it? Yeah. Is it going to go viral? Yeah, I'm going to have Come to make a gallant ass got, to mate? him. Be yeah. fucking bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. I'll be walking around, I'm like all nubs. I'll have nothing left by, the, by oh. Christmas. Next time I see you, like, what's happened to your lips? What's happened <laughs> to your tongue? I don't want to talk about it. I don't yeah. want to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, see you later, mate. Yeah, cheers all. Oh,